This is DeRay Olalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 164. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur entrepreneur and you are listening to the before the millions podcast hey this is mark asquith the host of the seven minute mentor podcast global entrepreneur and all-round geek and you are listening to the before the millions podcast i am mc lobster the cash flow ninja and you're listening to before the millions podcast you're listening to the before the millions podcast but whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye what is going on good people welcome to a brand new installment installment 164 of the before the millions podcast i am your host deray olalaye and on today's episode we are interviewing a multifamily investor all the way from North Carolina, Mr. Jerome Myers. Jerome and I have a wide-ranging conversation, and Jerome got to start buying a few 20-unit buildings with a few partners, and eventually, I think he he's worked his way up to 100-unit development. But again, we talk about so many different topics from some of our favorite movies, which I guarantee you has some relevance to his story and to real estate. But from there, we discuss some of our property management horror stories, and then we get into some really good mindset stuff because we start talking about the the concept of a dream catcher, people who go after their dreams, people who don't settle for the status quo and where, and, and where they are in life. And this is something that Jerome is really passionate about. So we talk about what a dream catcher is and the six areas of life that dream catchers focus on, which are self-image, relationships, career, health, prosperity, and significance. So Jerome is going to break down each of those areas for us so that we can have more abundance in those areas. And then I end the conversation with Jerome talking about money, his mindset towards money, and how he would classify his relationship with money. And his answer was definitely unexpected. So you'll definitely have to stick around for that. But what I think was most valuable was at the very end where Jerome talked about, you know, if he didn't have everything that he has today, his apartment buildings and his connections and resources, what he would do if he had to start all over. So that is an absolute listen to. And as always, guys, if you want to connect with myself and Jerome and all the previous guests on the Before the Millions podcast, a lot of us are in the Before the Millions tribe. So if you head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash group, G-R-O-U-P, uh, you'll be connected with us in our free Facebook group for tribe members only. And the way you become a tribe member is, of course, by listening to the show and joining our Facebook group. So that's over at beforethemillions.com forward slash group. Again, Jerome, myself, and many of the previous guests, we're all there. We all congregate and um, offer each other support as we build our real estate portfolios and businesses together. DeRay's Tip of the Week. Introducing the world's shortest tip of the week. This episode's sponsor, PropStream, has now released a brand new iOS and Android mobile app. Like today, like literally today, like it was just released an hour ago. Go download it now. Can we say game changer? And now to this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by PropStream. Oh, before PropStream. Before PropStream, I struggled with subpar list providers that overcharged. Wasted gas going to the county courthouse only for them to run out of CD-ROM copies of this month's liens list. I wrongly estimated repair costs or just simply lacked the access to the MLS that I truly needed to get deals done. I mean, it was a nightmare networking with realtors hoping to get access to their software. To make things worse, I did marketing on a bunch of different platforms, all of which, by the way, came with the monthly costs. 
And I would grab my CD-ROM, I would head home, I would convert it, I would upload the list to a skip trace service, and then a ringless voicemail service, and then a postcard service, and so on. Wasting hours and missing potential deals. By the time I was finally in a position to talk to a seller, my leads were stale. And I had to start over again since I wasn't able to get real-time updates of properties that sold or were taken off the market. Lots of real estate investors are in this position and lots of real estate investors are losing. Last year, I specifically brought PropStream specialists in-house to revamp our lead generation systems and it was instantly a game changer. Not only is PropStream one system that houses all my leads and is updated in real time, but this system has MLS level data even in non-disclosure states like Texas, where I invest. So now we run our own comps, our own rehab estimates, our own title searches, all of this in one app. Yes, one single app. And here's the kicker. That just scratches the surface of the power of this app. We also generate all of our leads lists with this app, from pre-foreclosures to bankruptcy and tax liens, by by county courthouse. And then once we have those dynamic lists, we can also use PropStream to market to those leads with postcards, email marketing, voice drops, and they even throw in unlimited number of landing pages so that you can have a site up and running in less than three minutes. Obviously, something like this should cost easily hundreds or thousands of dollars, but for less than $100 a month, you could own the most powerful real estate tool that I've probably ever seen. For the listeners of this show, make sure you head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash deal. That's D-E-A-L, beforethemillions.com forward slash deal for a few dollars off of your monthly subscription. I went from seven different apps to operate my business down to two once I made the switch to PropStream. And more than anything, really, it's provided me and my team with more clarity and peace of mind. That link again is beforethemillions.com forward slash deal to gain access to the all-in-one real estate tool that'll transform your business. And now your feature presentation. Let's start with this. And I think this is a fact that none of my listeners know because it's just never you know, prompted in any conversation. But in my question, I'm going to mention my favorite movie of all time. And so my question is this, what impact has the Thomas Crown affair had on your life? Dude, everybody wants to be Thomas Crown. If you saw it, <laughs> like... This guy is buying businesses. He's the mergers and acquisitions guy. He's flipping them. He's doing all the things. And for me, it was like, man, this is amazing. He's got a plane. He's able to buy art. He's able to travel around the world. I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, the crime stuff, yeah, so what? But, like, just the thought of being able to put a value on something, know that you can sell it or make it worth more, and then be able to harvest that equity to build wealth is just a story that wasn't told at the dinner table, Christ. right? Christ. Right. I, before, before, before I, I started doing some research on you, Jerome, I, I had no idea that a single other individual in this world even know what that movie was. Yeah, it really warms my heart to know that that, that has had a profound effect on you as it has me as well. So that's, uh, that's super awesome. Over the next 5, 10, 20 years, you know, I think you become an engineer and kind of walk me through that process. Walk me through college and how you eventually get to the point where you buy your first investment property. Yeah. So like, let me take it back to when I was working at the fitness center, the summer between freshman and sophomore year. And so I'm there Sunday afternoon, nobody been in the fitness center all day. Four o'clock comes, we close at five. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of being here. I'm just going to go back to the room, right? I'm just going to lock up, head back. And the guy that was my supervisor is knocking on my door 20 minutes later. It's like, hey, you're supposed to be working. Somebody tried to use a center. Nobody was there. So like, what are you doing? I was like, well, nobody came all day. I didn't think anybody was going to come. So I just shut it down. He said, well, we pay you for your time, not for you to think. You need to go over there and be there and have it open. And it was at that moment I said, I'm going to decouple my time for money, right? I'm not going to have to be in a place at a specific time in order to earn the money that I'm making. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so, you know, fast forward to the fall, I move off campus. I'm sitting on a stoop with one of my boys, Duran, who I was just talking about. And 
we're doing the math as engineering students doing their free time because, you know, what else do you do, right? If you're studying engineering, you do math. And we're doing, we added it up, right? I'm paying $395. I got two roommates paying $395. He's doing the same thing downstairs. We multiplied it out around the complex. The guy's making $700,000 a year, top line revenue. Mm. We're seeing him. We never talked to him. I was like, okay, this is it. Like I found it, but I didn't mm. know how to do it, right? I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, we go be civil servants. We go get a good job that pays the bills. You got the consistent paycheck and you're able to take that one or two weeks of vacation a year. That's just kind of the system, right? You do that for a long time, then you eventually retire. And so I went down that path. I finished up engineering school, went into corporate, um, started out as a structural engineer, got on a leadership track. 2009 happened. And I was sitting in the job that a mentor had moved me into, and I hated it for all 30 months and 28 days and four hours that I was in that role. I hated it. I didn't want to be in that role. So when I finally got out, I was put in an opportunity that they said, hey, if you don't get a promotion in the next four or five months, we're going to cut your bonus and bump your salary down to the top end of the job that you're in. I was like, what? Like, how am I going backwards? So I left and went to a consulting firm, thought I was building a business for them. And within a few months, I was asked to commit timesheet fraud. I was like, I don't want to start my consulting career this way. The guy came in, he was like, hey, you know, you charge the admin budget this week instead of charging the client. I said, I'm done with the work for the client. The new project's not coming till next week. So I needed something to buy my time until... I got to the next project. He's like, well, you either take vacation or you charge a client. That's the options you have. And I was like, well, I don't own the company, so I'm not going to take vacation when I'm not actually on vacation. And, I'm not- <laughs> and so he said, well, this isn't going to happen again. I said, if I don't have a project to charge, I'm going to charge the admin budget. Are you serious? Yeah. This is your direct superior? Yeah, it was. And so... I knew then I had to leave. And so it took me about a month and a half, but I gave them back their 10K signing bonus, went to a new role. And, you know, I got to travel all around the country, spent some time in Ghana, working on a project, fixing the power grid in Ghana. And then I got recruited to come to a construction company. And so this is the big hurrah, right? So I'm employee number two. This June, January 13th by... Like late August, early September, we got 175 people on the team. Um, by the end of the year, we built $20 million, made 30% profit. And the reward for that was a phone call on Christmas Eve that ended like this. Jerome, you can either pick the people that are going to be on the team or somebody else can do it. I recommend you pick the people. I had to pick what half of the workforce was going to stay on to continue for the next year. And that was my first time laying people off. I was like, we just made $6 million in profit. Like, what are we doing? We supposed to be up. (laughs) Life changed for me in that moment. Like, I realized that it's about the dollar, right? It's not about the people. It's not about the sacrifice. It's not about creating opportunities. It's about the dollar. And so I promised myself I would never do it again after we got through that. And then... Fast forward to Thanksgiving the next year, they were asking for the same thing. I was like, I'm done. And that's when I became a corporate America dropout, right? And it was like, okay, so what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I started thinking about that conversation I had with Duran. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and do apartments now. I got some money in the bank. I got a credit score. I got business operating experience. Like, I'm ready to go. And I knocked on the door of 10 banks, and they were all like, no. I was like, what do you mean? I got an engineering license. I got an MBA. I just built a $20 million business. No, you don't have experience. What do you mean? Like, I just, I got all these credentials. He's like, well, you've never bought a business apartment this size with this business plan. And we just don't believe in you. You need to go get a partner that has experience doing this. And then there's potential for you to get the loan. And that was heartbreaking, right? Because I was going to go back to the thing. And oh, by the way, like a lot of people think about real estate as just buying a widget, right? And then you're going to sell that widget for something else. 
But when you're buying multifamily, you're you're buying a business back to Thomas Crown, right? So I'm coming in, I'm looking at the net operating income on the property, and then I'm going up and looking at the expenses and looking at the income and deciding whether or not I can make the business do better. And if I can make the business do better, then we buy it, execute that business plan and do one or two things, refinance it and take all of our money back out or sell it to somebody else and harvest all the equity. And so my goal was to be Thomas Crown, but the banks wouldn't let me in. So I started fixing and flipping houses. And I was sitting on the stoop of a house in Richmond, Virginia. A guy pulls up. He's like, Jerome, let me check out your finishes. We're getting ready to do one down the street. I was like, okay. And we're walking through. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about writing an offer on that apartment building in Churchill. I was like, I just tried to buy that like four or five months ago don't leave me out. Right. And he's like, well, what are you going to bring to the deal? I said, I don't know. I just want to be in the deal with you. Don't leave me out. How much money are you going to bring? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Don't leave me out. And sure enough, he went and wrote that offer without me. Right. And it circled back. So he, the guy didn't accept the offer. He wanted to talk to one of my bros and he's like, I want you to come be the general contractor on the project. He's like, oh, that's the one Jerome was talking about. Cause I talked to him about it back in January, February. And he's like, I'm only doing the deal if Jerome does the deal. And so that got me back in the game. And so it was five of us in on that deal. It was a $1.3 million purchase with a huge rehab budget. We touched everything, bro. Roofs, siding, landscaping, parking lot. On the inside, we took walls out. We did bathrooms, added a half bath on the first floor, uh, laundry room on the first floor. We did the whole kitchen. Like, if it was... In there, we touched it. And it was crazy because we were able to take the rents from $695 to $1195 on that project. And for the people who actually understand the math, they know what a massive increase in valuation that is for you know a property like that. So that was how I actually got into the space and condensing the corporate journey down to you know a few minutes. Man, that's a that's a that's a beautiful first deal, man. Well, it was a pain. It was, <laughs> it was a heavy lift. And, you know, you, you, there's just so much there, man. There's just so much there. And so you have to, you have to be willing to persist and endure the struggles and the challenges in order to, to get through those things. Cause once you're in, you're in. Right. Mm-hmm. And the banks were smart, man. Had they lent to me, I'd be bankrupt right now mm-hmm. because I didn't have all the cash I needed in order to finish the project. We went over budget. There was all kinds of issues, but we were able because we had a strong enough team to get through those things. Right. And so that's the one thing I've learned is like the banks don't invest in dreams, man. They invest in proven business plans with people who can, if it fails, they can cover the the issue. And a lot of people want the bank and even other investors to part with their funds to try a dream versus when they won't even put their own money in the deal. Exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. When, when you think about your lead gen funnel today, right. A few years later, what does it look like? Yeah. I mean, the majority from the apartment standpoint comes from network. You know, I I get people sending me deals. They want to know one, do I want to partner on the deal Two, Will I buy it from like a wholesale transaction? And then, you know, from time to time, we'll send out letters, market directly to owners. Uh, We haven't done any of the cold calling or any of that stuff, but the majority of the deals are being brought to me. Uh, I think we've established ourselves as a player in the market. And so in that, we're getting opportunities to see things before other people will. Yeah, that's awesome. Jerome, I'm curious, walk me through your typical day, like from the time you get up in the morning and you're like, I got to set the tone, right? I got to, you know, there's certain things that you must do every single day, certain things that you may or may not get to. How do you think about your business day versus how much time you're spending with family? Just walk me through how your ideal day and what maybe even a day like today looks like for you. Yeah, today's probably a great example, right? So I get up before five, right? I'll do a six mile run, come back, meditate, read for 30 minutes, journal, and then do some Spanish. I'm doing Duolingo. I'm getting my Spanish in, right? And then um, 
do a LinkedIn post, something actually insightful and thoughtful to share with folks. And then after that, like kind of my me time is over and I dive into things. And so I had a coaching call at six with my first client. Right. And then I had, yeah. And then we had, um, I think we had two, you're, you're the, you're the second podcast interview we've done today. I had an interview with an, a writer for a publication, um, like a news publication. So we did that this morning. Um, looked at a deal, tried to decide whether or not that would make sense. And so now we're up to lunch, right? So now it's time to break the fast. So after I jump off with you, I'll grab some lunch and then do another coaching call. And then the rest of the afternoon is in play. Um, and then the only other thing that I left out that we did this morning was we met with the property managers. And so they updated us on everything that they're managing through the portfolio. We talked through delinquencies, new move-ins, quotes for things that need to be renovated. And then this afternoon, we'll we'll just play whatever comes up, right? If it's a go hang out day, we'll go hang out. If it's um, still grinding and working through more coaching clients or whatever else, we'll get through those things. Um, and then tonight, I'm speaking at DealMaker Live, Michael Blank's deal for uh, multifamily investing. So we've got a, a mastermind session for all of the speakers. And so I'll get to dive into that this evening. And so, you know, the afternoon is really reserved for the family, right? And so try to make sure we get dinner together and some playtime in between dinner and whenever we hang up the computer, put the laptop away and do all that stuff. So what type of what type of fast are you on that you're breaking at, at noon? I'm just trying to do the intermittent fast. And so the goal for me is to like shut down eating and consuming liquids around eight. And then I try to go to 12 or or longer if I can. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, we have very, very eerily similar schedules as well. Apart from the, the, the taking uh client calls at 6am, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I intentionally block out any type of, um, public interaction until 10am. Um, to knock out like the KPIs in my business. So similar to you, I wake up, I wake up at 4.45 and I start my morning routine journal, um, go through the miracle morning slash 5am club routine. And then today I hit six miles as well. I don't normally do six miles, but for some reason I hit six miles today and that's what you do. So again, crazy. Um, I'm around the 1.5, two mile area. (laughs) I was just feeling real good this morning. Um, and then uh, from 8 to 10 every single day, it's KPIs, the most important things in my business. And then um, at 10 a.m., I know that even though I have a whole day planned and scheduled of calls and you know coaching and, and whoever else I'm talking to, but I know by 10 a.m. if I need to cancel the whole day or if I need to just you know take a day away, like I know I've already done the most important things, not only in my personal life, but also in my business. So very, very similar. I don't, I don't, I don't yet have a wife and kids yet or family, so I really just use my downtime uh, to do introspection. I do a lot of self, self, self-help. Um, it's, it, it, I probably dedicate more time to self-help than my actual business, but it's, um, it's what I want to do. Right. So I want to talk to you about some potential problems in your business, Jerome. I remember when I first converted one of my four units into an Airbnb. Okay. So I converted, I converted, and this is like in 2017, 2018. I converted this this quadplex into an Airbnb and I hired some Airbnb property managers. Okay, so I switched from my normal property managers to an Airbnb niche property management company. And when I interviewed the company, Jerome, I remember how that first interview went. Um, I remember the guy and, you know, he told me who he was and he was like student president at a school and um, I just kind of felt him out. Right. And I quickly realized that this was his first time ever being on anybody's property. This was his first time um, having a conversation with a property owner. This was his first time for everything. He's literally being thrown in the fire by this company. So I called the company owner. I'm like, hey, like, I'm not really comfortable with this. You know, you guys assigning this guy to me. Like, I understand he's bright. He has a bright future, but I need somebody with more experience, especially for this property. Um, they, they said, Hey, trust us. Like, you know, he's my cousin or whatever. I don't even remember the case anymore, but he, he, he's good. Like, you know, we'll take care of you. Like we've been doing this with professionals is what we do. 
They also gave me their um, their projections, and these were pro their projections based on the properties that they manage in the area. So let me cut the story short. Um, every week or every other week, there there were, there were problems, and um, I I come from corporate America. Um, I come from a big four accounting background, and um, right after that, I went to work for a private equity hedge fund based out of New York. So I know like office politics and how to make sure like I leave breadcrumbs and trails. So like every conversation, I'm always going to follow it up with an email. I'm always going to, you know, summarize what the conversation was not only for them, but for me to remember two, three, four, five years down the line to make sure that I'm not, not tripping. Right. So this happens. And um, every week, every other week, there's a problem. Something's going on. The property managers are not doing what they need to do. And it's just building. Sometimes I don't get paid for five, six weeks at a time. Sometimes I don't get paid for two, three months at a time. Like it's just con consistent. Like, so I got to a point where I call the owner, the owner lived, I couldn't tell if he lived in California or, he, or if he lived in Spain, <laughs> literally. I mean, he, he moved around so much. And in the very beginning, it was so simple to get a hold of the owner of the property management company. And towards the end, I had to go through so many different people because their company was growing so fast. <laughs> oh yeah. man oh. so so long story short jerome um i end up having to contact my lawyer because i'm no longer able to collect any of my funds like they're completely holding all of my funds in reserve right they have all the keys they have everything like, it's like it's like for this it's almost like it's their property because i have no control over anything and to make matters worse when i try to go to my to, to, to my lawyer to figure out what can we do about this how can i get my money from them he shows me the contract that I signed and says, look, do you know what this means? And I still don't know what it means to this day, but I make sure that I always take it to him and be like, all right, we need to take like before people don't tell you that you're supposed to, you know how you sign your Apple contract, you sign terms of service here, you click the check marks, you press accept. We just assume that you're just supposed to do that for everything. Like, yeah, I mean, you're supposed to read it, but who has time to read it? Nobody ever like since like 2017, 2018, I read every single contract. And I, I now know better that I can ask for certain things to be removed. I didn't, I mean, you just, you just don't come equipped with that type of information. if you're not an entrepreneur, if you don't grow up knowing these things, but that was my first experience. <laughs> that was my first experience. And they put in the contract that I wasn't allowed, I wasn't allowed to sue them. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I can't remember what it was like arbitration. I had to go get an arbitrary and it, it was just this, this weird, you know, lawyer talk. And I was just like, they got me, they got me. So I want to talk about, Jerome, I say all that to say that I want to talk about maybe one of your worst property management experiences. <laughs> <laughs> you actually have to read the contract, right? And it's, it's a great alley-oop. I'm going to dunk this one for you. <laughs> so we talked the property manager who'd been doing residential and moved them over to multifamily thinking, oh, you're smart. You'll figure it out. And that was a disaster, right? He didn't have the actual resources to turn units. So I'm there. I'm, I was like, okay, so we want to have these things online in four weeks, but we've got four units and nobody started any estimates or any construction. Um, all right. We got somebody on site now. The estimate says 3,900. They sent a bill for 7,000. I'm not paying that. What do you mean you're not paying it? The estimate said 3,900. It was turnkey. Oh, well, blah, blah. I, I, I'm not paying that. Um, we get to the end of the road and just like, you know, this isn't going to work. I'm going to make a transition. And so where this is the transition happens at the end of March. He, he says, oh, well, we just want to let you know that we're going to hold back the fees that are due for the rest of the year. Like what? It's like, okay, well, you didn't demonstrate you didn't follow the contract. You didn't tell us that you were going to fire us. You didn't demonstrate negligence on our part, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Yeah, but that's not gross negligence. So I get to court. I lay it all out. She's like, you're, you've got to come with a higher standard. Somebody basically had to be killed or um, got sick or something else. So it's just like, okay. So you're going to exercise an early termination clause. You're going to keep my money. I got it. Uh, and so I paid for two property managers for a quarter in order to get out of the contract. You know, and it's crazy because I remember distinctly they call them calling me and saying, hey, Jerome, we we can't rent this unit at six thirty five. Um, we need to drop the rent down to five fifty or five seventy five. Like, what are you talking about? 
He's like, yeah, we, we can't do it. So a few months, probably a month later, he's like, okay, we got somebody in at 615. Okay, 615, 635, not really that big of a difference. Um, we bring the new property manager on. They're throwing a property. They're renting everything, 685, 685. We just went to 700 this month, right? Mm. <laughs> it's just like having the right people mm. on the team makes all the difference in the execution of your business plan, without question. And so, you know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. And it's one thing to be the person to put the plan together, but the person who can actually drive the results and execute the plan is what separates the cleaners from the closers, right? And you've got to decide which one you're going to be and then surround yourself with people who live in the same space. 100%. I love that. Absolutely. And I want to, I want to talk about, you know, oftentimes, and this is something that I I see in, in many individuals that want success, that want achievement, that want lifestyle design, right? But there's, there, there's, again, there's just something and I, I can never put my finger on it. And for each individual, it, it's slightly different, but it's always the same. And, you know, it, it comes down to, you can have all the technical skills in the world, right? I mean, you go to YouTube and literally anything under the sun you can learn from YouTube. You don't need to pay a mentor or a coach or a class or a consultant or anything. I mean, it's all there, all of it, like for free. So obviously that's not the issue. That is not the issue. You have a you have a group, and I believe you call them the the dream catchers. Tell me tell me what that is. Yeah, man. So there, there's enough people in the world who have exited the matrix, right? There's people who have decided that they're going to live life on their terms, and it's my desire to aggregate all those people so that the folks who are looking to exit actually have. A community to come into, right? If you just go back to the movie The Matrix, right? And you've got Morpheus and Trinity and all the folks on the ship. And then Neo enters. If you don't know what to do once you come into the new place, you go back, right? But if we can open up our arms and welcome you into the community, then you can survive and flourish and or flourish and thrive, right? And that I think is a difference maker between somebody being successful and not successful and making that transition. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, we go into corporate America or we go into these other places and it's like, there's nobody there, like not being the only one in that space, whether it's age, whether it's skin color, whatever it is, everybody goes into this place who's a dream catcher and they're a weirdo right? You're different than everybody else that's around you. And so when you start looking to your left and your right, you're like, what's wrong with me? And the reality is you just haven't found that community of people that are like you. And there's these pockets popping up everywhere. And so it's one thing to aggregate the community. And then there's the other thing of helping people make that transition. And so me, I want to be the Morpheus for anybody who's ready to exit the matrix, right? I want to put you in that when Neo gets there and he's sitting in a chair and he gets that first upload of the new skill set and he, he sits up and he's like, again, right? <laughs> give me more. And just that, that rapid change, that rapid growth, that rapid improvement, aggregation of new skills is what I live for. Because when, when it clicks, yeah. People become unstoppable and then they become a superhero, right? They become the hero of their story. And that's really what I'm looking for. I think we've used religion so long to make ourselves helpless, right? Instead of using it to encourage us to do things that we wouldn't normally do based on our belief in our own ability. And I want people to get back to that place where they're taking control. They're using that Jocko where it's extreme ownership, extreme accountability, and just doing everything they can to deliver or manifest that dream that's been placed inside of them. Yeah, 100%. So so these are, I guess, the entry point, right, for a dream catcher, somebody who's still employed or who just recently divorced their their, their job and is a full-time entrepreneur. I, I encourage people to do it beforehand, right? Because there's things you want in line before you walk out the door. You don't want to walk out the door with no money in the bank, right? Because then you make really poor choices because you're desperate. You don't want to 
um, not have access to credit, like credit lines or credit cards, because you'll make silly decisions and you won't be able to get money. You get money when you don't need it. You don't get loans when you need it because they won't lend to you. You, um, you don't. Huh? No, I'm going to expand on that later. Go ahead. <laughs> you don't. The other thing I would say is like, you don't want to leave without having the conversation with the people that are closest to you that may adversely be impacted. And so we've got this 15 point checklist that we give away to folks who are thinking about exiting the matrix and that allows them to go through it and say, all right, I can do this, this, and this. The great thing about what you said is all the information is available for you, but actually putting it together in a cohesive plan and strategy is the missing thing. And that's why people pay for masterminds. That's why people pay for coaching because they want somebody to curate that content for them because you can try to drink the whole ocean, but you're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. The parts and pieces handed to you so that you can focus on executing against those things while you're learning. And also the exposure to the network. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I have so much more for us to discuss, but I know we don't have all the time in the world. So Let's talk about the six areas of life. I want you to tell us what the six areas of life are and kind of just one or two, three sentences about each one. And then we'll expand on one or two and we'll close out. Man, you, you dug deep on me, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. So, you know, I, I think there are six things that everybody's dealing with. And I don't think anybody has all six together at the same time. Everybody's shifting and moving. But the first one is self-image. Self-image is followed by your relationships then you've got your career followed by health, prosperity, and then significance, right? And so why in that order? Well, if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you can't relate with other people, right? Your relationship with other people impacts everything. So not just your kids, not just your, you know, your wife or your husband or your significant other, but people at work, right? So you got to show up well to relate with them. When you're relating well with people, you get new opportunities in your job, right? Because you're more influential, people are drawn to you, and that grows your leadership, which usually grows your income, right? So those bottom three things are the biggest impacts on your health, right? Because they cause stress. Your work can cause stress if it's not done well or you're not in an environment that's healthy. Same thing with your relationship. And usually you do destructive things when you don't have a great relationship with yourself. So that's when we get to health, right? We want to fix those three things. Then we're working on health. If you don't have strong health, then there's no reason for you to have prosperity because your health is going to rob all your prosperity. And then we finish it out with significance, right? So once you create the money, you're only going to get so much more happy. But if you've got 10 million, adding another million isn't going to make that much difference in your life, right? So now it's about how can you impact the world in a positive way? so that you live on, you have more impact, because that's what everybody's truly trying to achieve. Like all the money, fame, and all that stuff seems nice until you get it. And then you realize that isn't the game. The game is being able to positively impact other people. Yeah, 100%. absolutely love that. And I want to talk about exactly that, because I feel as though it's easy to say that, right? Like, I mean, I, 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 I let me let me let me be the voice of so many listeners. Yeah, Jerome, easy for you to say. You've already got the money. What about those of us that don't have the money? Yeah, it's all about the money. And then, yeah, I could focus on significance. What do you have to say to that? Money's just a multiplier, right? It's a microphone. It amplifies who you already are, right? So, if you're not a generous person today, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're not going to be generous. If you're not worried about helping other people and the, with the caveat of you've got to put your own mask on first, that's why we start with self-image. But once you fix your relationship with yourself and then your relationship with others, you're going to be looking for opportunities to help others because you're coming from a place of abundance, right? So many people are so empty that they're not able to actually share with others because they don't have anything to share, right? It's no different than if you go to the bank account, you try to get $20 out the bank, but you only have 18 in your balance. How would you classify your relationship with money? I don't do anything for money anymore, right? Like that was the challenge for me. When I made that transition and that transition happened when I was at that consulting firm, right? 
Mm-hmm. Giving somebody $10,000 back because you don't want to fulfill the commitment based on the environment that you have to be in in order to do that is a game changer, right? Because now it's not, oh, well, what am I going to do or how am I going to do it? It's this isn't right. I'm going to do this because it's the right thing for the right reason, right? And so I, at that point, like the money stopped mattering. And because the money wasn't as important for me, I've been able to make more than I ever dreamed I would be able to make from an equity standpoint and then just pure cash. Why do you think, why do you think, like, what do you think is the principle behind that? Why do you think that is the reason or why do you think that's the key? Because the intention is pure, right? I genuinely, everybody I coach, I genuinely create more value for them than they would ever pay me, right? And so the return that they're getting on their investment is justified, right? If if I tell you, hey, give me give me ten grand this year, and we'll increase your revenue in your business by a hundred grand, you're going to do that all day, right? But some people, or I'm going to keep you from losing a hundred thousand dollars, which is much more likely than the people actually making money. Everybody wants to make investments based on their ability to make. Nobody's really managing that downside risk when they're talking about investing in themselves, because most people feel like, well, I'm not going to do anything to hurt myself. I know what's best for me. And the reality of the situation is mm, when you- mm, 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 mm. This, is, this, is, this is that gold and we pulling it out. I hope y'all are listening. <laughs> out into that desert after you've been sitting in the comfort of the air conditioner and you got to make it all the way across the desert and you don't know how to get across the desert. You're just walking in this direction, but you don't have any landmarks. The wind is blowing. Like I got the opportunity to go to Egypt last year, right? So this is real for me. You you might be able to see something off in the distance, but you don't know what it is. You see an oasis out there, but you don't know if it's a mirage or not. Like you got to have somebody guide you through that if you want to get through there without too much trouble, without too much pain, right? It's going to be hard, but imagine going to do that arduous journey on your own without anybody who can look out for you and say, hey, think about this, worry about that. Hey, have you considered this? Whoa, whoa, don't go over that hill. That's not the right way. Come here. Yeah, that looks like the right thing, but I'm telling you because of I did it or somebody else I know did it, that's not what you want really trying to do. This is where you want to go. Like those things are priceless if you want to make it out the desert because the other thing that happens is, right, the people go back in. Right. So you go into the desert, it gets hot. Oh, man, I'm sweating. I don't know if I have enough water. I'm going back in here to air conditioning where it's more comfortable. And what you realize is you're giving up your dream. Right. Your dreams on the other side of all the pain, your dreams on the other side of all the challenge. And if you're not willing to go on the other side of the the chasm that's in between you and the dream, then you can't manifest it. And because you don't manifest it, you're going to let somebody else down because they're counting on you to do your thing so they can do their thing. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, and that's how I like to think about it. I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs and, you know, I think about it from like a capitalistic way, like, you know, our businesses fuel so many people, so many jobs, so many. I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, I just think about just going to eat at a restaurant and this is how I think about the abundance of money, right? Like when I go to eat at a restaurant and I pay my check at the end of the day, Right. It's a twenty dollar bill. And I tip the, the, the waitress, you know, uh, five dollars. And I know that the other fifteen dollars, a little bit of it is going to the government. Um, a little bit of it is going to the cooks in the kitchen. A little bit of it is going to the bus boys. A little bit of it is going towards the food and the products that, you know, uh, we were able to get. And the truck drivers, a little bit of it is going to the people who actually manufactured the food. And I'm just by, you know, again, this is why they're they're doing the whole stimulus right for the U.S. They want to pump money into the economy. Right. So we have a robust economy. But again, Again, just as an individual, I think about how much power each dollar that I spend has. And ultimately, you know, when, when, I, when I look at, and I think you, you brought up a great example, when I look at somebody who's been trying to get into real estate, who's been struggling, and I, and I ask them, well, how much, you know, how, what's your goal? How much are you trying to make here? And like, man, I want to make $5,000 a month and quit my job and travel the world or 10K and quit my job and travel the world. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that was my goal when I first started out. And I wanted to get that to that goal as quickly as possible. How long has it been for you? And it's like, yeah, that's been my goal since 2017. I was like, well, that's when I started. And three years later, what are you doing? I'm still trying. I'm still trying. I was like, I started the same time as you and you're still trying to get your first one. What's going on? And they're like, well, I mean, school, 
jobs, kids, all this other stuff. And, you know, I go back to that goal of theirs and why they're not getting guidance and why they're not putting their best foot forward. And I'm like, well, you've been trying to make 10K for the past three years and extra income. You, you've literally lost out on almost 75 grand. What's going on? Like the, the, the thousand dollars or 5,000 or 10K that you're paying for coaching. I mean, you would have been gotten that back if you started that three years ago. Like you're, you're looking at, you know, this fee as like, man, this is an expense instead of an investment and something that you're going to multiply. Like you're looking at it all wrong. You can't be successful from, from that mindset and you're smiling. I want you to interject because I feel like you got something to say. No, it's just crazy because it's the ego, bro. Yeah. I want to pay you because then that says that you know more than me. Like that's all it ever ends up being. Mm. Or how do I know that you're actually going to do it, right? Like Mm. it's the accountability piece, right? I don't want to be accountable to you, right? Yeah. And as soon as I pay you something that's a four-figure check or more, now I got to be accountable because I'm paying for it. No, I want you to just help me for free because you're not going to listen. Yep. You're not, it's just a merely a suggestion. But as soon as you start paying that trusted advisor, a consulting fee, you're going to take that advice and treat it like you would what the doctor said or what the dentist said or whatever these other people who you pay a lot of money to for their expert guidance. And, you know, people, man, yeah, I can't emphasize it enough. It's the ego, bro. Like there's some people who know more about certain things than you know, and it's worth the investment and having the accountability partner to aggressively help you move towards those goals. And even if it's not an income thing, there's just so many mistakes that you can make that somebody can prevent you from making. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And going back to the point, like you're, you're spending six hours on yourself every day, right? Before you talk to anybody else, you're spending six hours. Not many people are willing to make that investment. So imagine how much further you get ahead of somebody if they only spend an hour on themselves a day, right? Just in a month, right? You, you're doing 180 hours, they're doing 30. Yeah. And you compound that over the year. And it's just like these insane ratios. And it's like, well, I'm not consuming as much contact as, content as you. So how could I possibly back to the matrix deal, right? You're in that chair getting it every morning versus somebody getting something like, okay, I'm good. I got enough. Right. And, you know, the last thing that I've been saying related to uh, real estate in particular is I think people have been disrespecting the craft and it offends Mm. me. Right. Mm. So you're going. So I I, I need your investment, man. I need you to send me half a million dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight. I'm starting my MMA career. I'm fighting Conor McGregor next week. (laughs) Podcast for a year. I watched some videos and I read a few books. I don't have a trainer. I'm doing this all on my own. I'm, I'm going to send you. This was me, by the way. I'm going to send you a piece of the return, right? <laughs> a piece of the return if I win. If I don't win, you don't get any of your money back. And there is no loser's purse. Nobody's writing that check. But that's how people talk about their real estate investment career. Mm. And they want to go fight Connor. They don't want to go fight somebody. You know, I will say this, and everybody's not like this, but I will say that that is so much more to say than the people who don't do anything at all. I'm with you a thousand percent. My, my only add on to that, though, is you're not being reasonable when you expect other people to invest in your dream in a way that you won't. Mm. You can't expect, and I love the way Gary V v puts this together, right? You can't expect anybody who works for you or investing in you to be more vested in your destination than you, Yeah. right? And so people who want to go raise money for ventures, but they're not willing to put cash out their 401k or put stuff on a credit card or put it on a credit line or actually do the work to save the money so that they have something to put in, just from a money perspective, forget the time, just the money. I don't know how you can expect anybody to be all the way in on you. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I think that, again, this is just this conversation, man. It's, it's opening a lot of eyes and perspectives and, you know, your, your concept. And, you know, I think about this umbrella of like a, a, you know, a dream catcher or a dream chaser, in fact, right? Like you think about, um, you think about the fact that, 
everybody, I, I believe personally, and I could be wrong, especially in corporate America, people hear about real estate. People know the intricate benefits of real estate. People, people hear the, these, these quotes being thrown out there. Hey, you know, 90% of millionaires have done so through real estate and, you know, financial freedom today. And, you know, people, people, people hear these things and you know, I don't think they internalize them, but they viscerally hear them. They see it, they, they, they consume it. But at the end of the day, it's, it, they're not chasing their dream. They're not chasing what they know to be true. Mind you, Jerome, when I first heard about the concept of real estate investing from a point where I as an individual can invest, 30 days later, I bought my first property. I had like for me and I know a lot of people out there are like this as well. For me, it was just I didn't know. like I didn't have the knowledge. The minute I heard and I knew I did. But there are people who, who have this dream, Jerome. And this is our last question before we wrap up. There are people who have this dream this massive dream. I mean, I know people that I was working with in corporate America that had the same dream that I did, that had the same yearning that, that ugh, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and years later, they're still there. What, 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 what advice do you have for a young college student or a young professional or somebody who's just like, I need that kickstart. I need that. Oomph. I need to like, again, why I said I give kudos to the people who have this audacious goal. Cause I was there. Like I thought, Hey, you know, I've, I have this accounting background. I just went to go get this finance background. I've, I've, you know, I've uh, consulted for a $20 billion hedge fund. I did all these things. I got my own property. Let me go raise money for this $40 million deal and see if I can, of course I can do this. I could put and think and grow rich. Right. And I failed. But again, and I failed so many times, but that failure and many other fails allowed me to continue to go, allowed me to see from a new perspective. And that's why I say, yes, those people are absolutely insane. And I was absolutely insane. But absolutely, if you're doing that, you're doing something, keep it going, keep figuring it out, keep tweaking, keep twisting, keep getting more experience and you're on the right track. But again, I want to drink the, the people who are not doing anything today and they've wanted to, Jerome, tell me what they can do. Tell me how they can, they can, they can flip it. So <laughs> go ahead. I'll I'm going to piss everybody off right now, right? Here we go, right? They're in love with the idea of doing something. They don't actually want it. They like the idea, right? And so when it becomes a must, when it becomes a need, not a should or a want, that's when people actually do it, right? There's this crazy story about a farmer who's got a dog laying on the porch and the dog groans every now and again. and the farmer and his buddy are sitting in rocking chairs drinking lemonade. And the buddy, the, guy, the farmer's buddy says, hey, what's wrong with your dog? He's like, oh, he's laying on a nail. He said, why doesn't the dog get up? He said, because it doesn't hurt bad enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. The pain isn't bad enough. I remember what the golden handcuffs looked like. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember what thinking about giving up the big house or the exotic car felt like or the thought of going to no income because I didn't have a paycheck, right? So we're, we're addicted to paychecks, right? That's the thing that we're addicted to more than anything else. Like, forget all of the illegal stuff. Forget all the legal stuff. People are addicted to paychecks. It's literally a dopamine hit. Literally, it's a drug. It's literally a drug. And you, and you get the hit every two weeks like clockwork. You've been getting it for years. It's so ingrained. Oh, my God. Go ahead. And as soon as you realize that you don't need that, as soon as you detach from the thought of payday and, oh, I can go do this because I have a payday, your life changes, right? And so, you know, I was making enough money that I didn't even care when payday came. Like, it didn't matter if payday came because I had money in the bank. I didn't have to try to figure out how the mortgage was going to get paid or any of the other stuff. It was already there. And so I was able to go do what I wanted to do. And when you start detaching that way and people are like, this dude's crazy. No, when you start detaching that way, all this other stuff goes out the window. This episode is brought to you by PropStream. Oh, before PropStream. Before PropStream, I struggled with subpar list providers that overcharged, wasted gas going to the county courthouse only for them to run out of CD-ROM copies of this month's liens list. I wrongly estimated repair costs or just simply lacked the access to the MLS that I truly needed to get deals done. I mean, it was a nightmare networking with realtors hoping to get access to their software. To make things worse, I did marketing on a bunch of different platforms, all of which, by the way, came with the monthly costs. And I would grab my CD-ROM, I would head home, I would convert it, I would upload the list to a skip trace service, and then a ringless voicemail service, and then a postcard service, and so on. Wasting hours 
and missing potential deals. By the time I was finally in a position to talk to a seller, my leads were stale and I had to start over again since I wasn't able to get real-time updates of properties that sold or were taken off the market. Lots of real estate investors are in this position and lots of real estate investors are losing. Last year, I specifically brought PropStream specialists in-house to revamp our lead generation systems and it was instantly a game changer. Not only is PropStream one system that houses all my leads and is updated in real time, but this system has MLS level data, even in non-disclosure states like Texas where I invest. So now we run our own comps, our own rehab estimates, our own title searches, all of this in one app. Yes, one single app. And here's the kicker. That just scratches the surface of the power of this app. We also generate all of our leads lists with this app, from pre-foreclosures to bankruptcy and tax liens, by by county courthouse. And then once we have those dynamic lists, we can also use PropStream to market to those leads with postcards, email marketing, voice drops, and they even throw in unlimited number of landing pages so that you can have a site up and running in less than three minutes. Obviously, something like this should cost easily hundreds or thousands of dollars, but for less than a hundred dollars a month, you could own the most powerful real estate tool that I've probably ever seen. For the listeners of this show, make sure you head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash deal. That's D-E-A-L, beforethemillions.com forward slash deal for a few dollars off of your monthly subscription. I went from seven different apps to operate my business down to two once I made the switch to PropStream. And more than anything, really, it's provided me and my team with more clarity and peace of mind. That link again is beforethemillions.com forward slash deal to gain access to the all-in-one real estate tool that'll transform your business. Jerome, let's just say you have all your experience. You got it. I mean, that what you have in your head, nobody can take that away from you. Mm-hmm. But your assets are gone. All of them. Your money your buildings, everything. You have to start all over. What in the world would you do first? Call the guys in my mastermind and say, I'm down, I need help. You're down your and you need help. Is your net worth, right? The people who are closest to you, I forget how Jay-Z put it, right? But basically he said, we can be each other crutches, right? And so... For me, I'm going back to the guys who are crushing as like, I just lost everything. Explain why I lost everything, whatever the reason is. I need you guys to help me get started again. And whatever I need to do, if I need to work for you, if you've got a building I can run, whatever it is, let me get back in the game. And that's my first call. It's all about the network. Like that's what every wealthy person does. Whether it's feeding off their list and it's like, okay, well, send me a product, send me a new lead magnet so I can send it to my list so we can get some revenue coming in. Whether it's working in their business so that you can get back together. Like there's this amazing story from a guy named KK Singh, right? He came over from India. One of the guys gave him a gas station to run for him. They split the profits. He built up his reserves. From that, he was able to go buy his own gas station. And now those guys partner and they keep building it up. He said, I put $100,000 in a gas station, get 60,000 back the same year. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that's what we do. And you can only buy gas stations in cash. So I was like, this is insane. He did the exact same thing, right? It's about your network. And people undervalue their network either because their network isn't valuable or they're with the wrong people. But that's how I get back in the game. I absolutely love that. 100%. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. One small caveat for our listeners, because I want to take this to the root of that question and make sure that we get all of our guests in the future to answer it the same way. Let's just say you didn't have your network. Again, for our listeners out there who don't have your network, right? What would you do? You have everything that you've learned over the years. Like you come, you've accumulated so much knowledge and you know, some people may be of the mindset, well, if I knew then what I know now, I may not even be in this business. I may not even grow this way. Because of what I know now, 
what I would tell younger me to do, this is what I would do with no money, with no funds, but all the, all the, all the imagination and all the learnings that I've built up over the years, this is exactly how I would execute this plan. What would that look like without your connections? Man, that gets super tough because of the businesses that I've decided to be in because I've intentionally chosen things that have a mold around them, right? I've intentionally chosen things that everybody can't do with with the low barrier of entry. The folks with uh, that have wholesaling business, all you got to do is get a list and then you can start calling people, right? Like that, now they're a competitor of yours. Um, And so that's part of the reason why I'm not in this space. I think, man, this question is- I like this. I like this. this, When you pull it out, you're going to pull it out for somebody else who has no idea what to do right now, who doesn't have the resources you have. Yeah. Like, 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 like 25, 20 year old Jerome, like you got, you know, everything that you've learned over the years from all your mentors, like, dude, yeah. you got the whole world. What's going, what, like, how do you start? Yeah. I'm, I know everything I know right now. You know, everything, you know, right now, you just don't have the resources. Gonna, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pull a list. I'm okay. going to go down. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the GIS. Um, for my local city or county, I'm going to get a list of all of the properties, right? And then I'm going to start talking to every single owner on the list. Hmm. I'm going to get that property under contract at a deep discount. Hmm. I'm going to take that property and I'm going to share it with an experienced operator somewhere, right? Because I've got the knowledge. Now I've got the deal, right? I think every investor is trying to figure out four things. Knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital. I'm going to take that deal that makes me valuable to somebody who's an operator. And I'm use their, say, all right, I got this deal. It's amazing. I want to be in the deal or I'm going to sell it to you. Either one. I'm good with either one. I'm probably going to sell it to them because I want money right now, right? So I'm partnering with them. So that's either calling everybody that has a podcast that's going to a conference, wow. that's uh, jumping on YouTube and figure out whoever's the educator. I'm going to share that deal with them. And from that transaction, I'm going to get my first hit. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite before the millions book? Millionaire Mindset by Dean Graziosi or Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. I have that book. I haven't read it. It's amazing. Uh, really? It's amazing. You are the stuff you got assistance and all the stuff but it's it's good that's awesome i'm gonna check it out um what is your favorite lifestyle design app this can be a business app or tool can i say my calendar yes you can (laughs) oh what i would do without my calendar Uh, it it saves me because i i double booked two meetings a day and somebody actually probably didn't book a meeting they said they booked but they just got to move around it you know but yeah i mean my calendar is everything it it allows me people don't like calendaring but i feel like it gives you the freedom right i i i actually scheduled this time for me to do this thing and then i can communicate that to somebody especially if they're waiting on me to do something hey i'm going to get to this at this time on this day and you can expect to have it after the fact um, instead of, hey, when are you going to send it? When are you going to send it? I don't know. So my to-do list. Right? I hate to-do list. Time blocking is the game. I love it. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Flexibility, right? The freedom piece of it. I get to control my calendar. I get to choose who I spend time with and who I don't. That's the game. Yeah, 100%. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Comfort. You have to give up the comfort, right? There is no real growth in in the place of comfort. And so I knew that that was going to be the thing that required the most of me. Because once you start making money, comfort becomes the expectation, right? And a lot of us get soft in our comfort. We forget how it is to grind. Do you believe, and this is an off question, do you believe that there is a positive correlation between grinding, quote unquote, and the amount of money that you make? No. 
Explain that to me. So once you set up a system, so the amount of money you make is based on your ability to scale. Your ability to scale isn't tied to your grind. Your ability to scale is the being able to go to a bigger audience or duplicating yourself through other people. Is this why janitors could work way harder than you and I? Way, and they should get paid way more than they're getting paid, but they don't? Right. Teachers, officers, firefighters, all of them. So you, you've got to create the system in order to generate the money, right? That's why we don't do property management in-house. We outsource that because it's a low-paying, repetitive activity. It's extremely important, but it's low-paying. The real money's made in the acquisition and taking advantage of the equity created from executing a business plan. Love it. Gems, guys. Gems, who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? My dad. I mean, he's a superhero. He used to jump out of airplanes, but he showed me what love was. And I think that's the only law, right? If we can see the humanity in everybody and everyone and we act in love and we extend grace, I think the world just becomes an amazing place that's safe for everybody. I love that. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? Because intention isn't enough, right? Action is the difference. And so if you're not willing to take action, so this is one of my favorite things, right? A lot of people know what they want to do. Some people know why they want to do it. Very, very few people know how, right? And so if you're not willing to make the investment on the how and have somebody help you with the clarity on the why, the what will always be out there. You've got to close the gap on all three. Mm. And if your your how is messed up, if you don't have a solid strategy and somebody to walk with you along the journey for accountability, you can forget about it. Mm. We were, we're going to have to talk offline. I have, I, I, um, I have almost the exact opposite belief in what you just said. Almost the exact opposite. And, and I love that we can have that banter because... I believe that the how is easy. I believe that what trips people up is the what and the why. Mm. You know, like I've seen so many people who they can find the technical know-how, but again, it's like people just, the, the, either your why, going back to that dog, like that dog is just, just I'm not, it's not painful enough, right? But again, I, I think we could talk all day about this. Our, our, our varying viewpoints are absolutely amazing to me. Um, so um, we're going to have to bring you back on. This has been absolutely fantastic. If the listeners want to learn a little bit more about you, they want to learn a little bit more about where they can find some of your information, your podcast, um, your, your mastermind. I mean, you're doing so many things. And then of course, uh, you have investors that you work with in the apartment space as well. Where, where can they find some of your information? Yeah, I think the best place for your listeners is JeromeMyers.co. So J-E-R-O-M-E-M-Y-E-R-S dot C-O. I think that's the best place because they can find everything there. If they're interested in real estate, we touched on so much stuff. If they're interested in dream catchers and the coaching and lifestyle stuff, they want to learn more about, um, you know, how we invest, like all of that's there. And so they can pick what suits their fancy from there. I love it. Absolutely. All right, Jerome, this has been amazing. Again, I got to get back on for a part two. But until then, my man, we will talk to you very, very soon. Appreciate you, bro.